I take my step and strike through mortal bounds, calling for God of Thunder. Welcome to Tales from the Long Box, episode four. I'm Brad. And I'm Kelly. So we're back with yet another episode chock full of Thory goodness. Is that what we'd say? Works for me. So um, I realized last time I forgot to do the Marvel Spotlight. So we'll hit that one first off this time. So Marvel Spotlight for November of 1962. Fantastic Four number eight, which is the first appearance of Alicia Masters and the Puppet Master. Um, Alicia Masters is the longtime love interest of the thing. And what I think is actually interesting dynamic is the Puppet Master is her father, who is a bad guy. And it leads to an interesting dynamic kind of where the Fantastic Four have to treat him with a certain amount of kid gloves because she's the uh, he's the friend of a friend of the family. So I find him interesting. And Alicia Masters is a relevant character pretty much forever. And then we have Strange Tales number 101, which is the first appearance of the wizard. Strange Tales last month became a where it gets a feature that has the human torch in solo stories. And that is our Marvel spotlight. So our cover date this time is November, 1962 story is by Stanley and Larry Liber art is Jack Kirby and art Simek is doing the, the lettering as always. So, uh, this time Thor much to Kelly's delight, actually Thor is being used as a, well, no, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we go to the future where everyone is nice and happy. And yes, then we go we to... We are going to the future. Yes. And um, we have a Grinch whose heart is two sizes too small in Zarko, the Tomorrow Man. Well, I guess he's the Today Man right now. Yes, but his fellow men are weak, tender-hearted fools, and it would be easy to conquer them. So he's looking for a weapon that he can use to become you know a tyrannical dictator and he of course comes back to 1962 where this was a little weird i thought he was talking about an atomic blast but then they call it a cobalt bomb for the rest of the comic i guess we should have googled what a cobalt bomb is i'm guessing i'm guessing in comic sci-fi form you're thinking oh the a bomb and now it's a c bomb so it's two letters higher making it better or stronger so then we we come to present day where Thor is working with the military to test some missiles. So at first they have him race an anti-missile missile. And I guess they have him come out here and do this every couple of months. And they test to see if the missile can beat him and he beats the missile, but only by an instant. And they realize that their technology is getting better. And then next they're kind of hooking him up to a bunch of diodes because they are going to put him in a bomb blast, which Thor swears that he can take. So I looked up cobalt, cobalt, cobalt. bomb. I can't look at it and say it at the same time. And it is a nuclear weapon. It's a salted bomb. Enhanced amounts of radioactive fallout. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Would you take a guy's word for, hey, put me in the middle of this giant bomb blast and I swear I can take it? No, no, I would not. Because what if you no. what if you just like vaporize Thor and then you don't have Thor anymore? I 
I was like, I don't know that this is a good idea. Actually, my notes, I have Thor volunteers to be blown up by a nuclear bomb, period. Cool, period. Like, it's like, what are you doing? I don't understand. And then Zarko just appears out of nowhere, grabs the bomb. No, not out of nowhere, because this is real weird. It's like he's behind him, I think. It's hard to tell. Like, he just kind of appears in his, like time machine yeah he materializes or something and then he scurries away like a little prey animal and thor throws his hammer but it is too late but this is so this this comic is actually pretty solid i'm not gonna have a lot to mock but this is the one part that i can truly mock because he just materializes behind thor like right behind him wanders over picks up the nuclear bomb and walks away and then Thor's like, oh, I must do something. Like, well, you could have stopped him when he was standing right beside you. Well, actually, they, they handled that really well because he's hooked into all those diodes and stuff. So he, the momentary pause of having to shake all of that off is what was the difference between getting him and not getting him. Meanwhile, you have all the exposition from the people up on the hill in the safety house going, what is that guy doing stealing the bomb? And then, um, so then he kind of throws his hammer at it and a piece of this time machine, I'm guessing it's the time machine. They're not super clear on that. They kind of just say, Hey, this chunk of something is something we can't produce today. And Thor takes it and he's like, well, I have an idea. So then we go to part two and Thor is conferring with Odin and asking, what does he ask him specifically? I couldn't remember that. I was a little lost. Besides where he says, help me, help me. Yeah, because because uh, Odin Odin kind of says, I will grant you this, but then he shows him how to do something he could have done himself. So essentially what he does is he talks with Odin and Odin shows tells him, hey, just put um, just put that futuristic piece of thingamajig on your hammer and you can fly. You can follow him to where he's at. Yep. I actually like the visual of him like kind of on the mountaintop and that big face of like Odin. Well, he also calls down a storm first. Yeah. So first he creates a storm with thunder and lightning. And well, he says, first there's rain, then there's thunder, then there's lightning. And then he calls Odin. So then he appears in um, the year 2262. I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure. Um, And he kind of... And then the first reaction is some random woman swoons and it was like, oh my gosh, what a, what a hunk of man. Which is my favorite part of every one of these issues. Kerflop. And then, um, so it's been a month and Zarko has taken over and he's ruling them like a tyrant and they pretty much tell him how awful it is. And he's like, never fear, I'll take care of this. And then you see a hooded figure murdering yet another tree. Tree number six. Yep, the tree has to die. Um, and he distracts security. And then Thor and this hooded figure start running towards the base, which I found this really weird. I felt it makes sense in a minute, but I felt like I missed a page when this happened. Well, there was the whole, there were like three or four panels with the guards having this existential crisis about whether or not they were even going to go after Thor. And they're like, well, we're too scared of the guy with the bomb, so we're going to go after Thor. And the hooded guy kills a tree, stopping them. Yeah, but were you, did, were you confused by, like, the sudden appearance of the hooded guy and Thor? And you're like, well, wait, why Why is... um? No, because my first thought was, oh, I bet that's future Thor. Oh, okay. Like, now we're going to have two Thors, because I bet future Thor is in the hooded. So I just went with it. These are so goofy. I don't know how you have 
any thought actually while you're reading it. Yeah, that's true. You have to suspend disbelief so much through these. But I mean, you know, we we are analyzing it for a podcast. This one's actually very not goofy. This yeah, one's it's very... not goofy at all. Yeah. So this one, um, so then he he kind of confronts Zarko and he catches him with a trap door, and then oh, but that, wait, that was hilarious. Because, like, nothing can defeat the mighty Thor except for a trap door. <laughs> and, the, and it even these like, a trap door! Exclamation mark. Like, his one yeah. nemesis. And so then he traps him in essentially the giant centrifuge, like, theme park ride. It's a mirrored room and the mirrors are magnetic. I thought this was super cool. Like, they used it for only two panels, but this is, like, one of the coolest evil villain capture rooms i've ever seen and i mean there's there's an elaborate explanation that you don't you know need but they all have this but it's like the bad guy will turn one mirror off and one mirror on so it's like throwing thor back and forth across the mirrored room it's kind of like a take on like the 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 spinning centrifuge in like an amusement park that like traps you against the wall that's kind of like what it is i thought it was really clever yeah i thought it was too actually so then um, a ha- the hammer appears out of nowhere and smashes his uh, control device. And Thor is like, ta-da, this is all a trick. I had someone dress up as me. Ha ha. Yeah, and... so it was not future Thor in the robe. It was real Thor in the robe. Yeah. So then Zarkon produces the Delta Force gun and shoots Thor with little effect. But he does flee. So Thor gives chase and ends up in a room full of robots and then he kind of well we need we need to talk about this because the robot takes his hammer and he doesn't call for it back instead he panics because he won't be thor in one minute because his hammer's gone instead of just calling it back did you understand like i know this is the beginning of the thor lore but even in the first issue he could call it back I think the problem here is he's surrounded by a bunch of robots and he realizes he can't call it back because they'll just, they'll, he, he'd be helpless in the interim. So he's trying to figure out how to get rid of the robots. I actually thought it was pretty smart what he did. So what he ends up doing is he takes, he pretty much pulls water pipes out from the floor and floods them and manages to get his hammer back before um, the 60 seconds surpass. Which is actually funny because Don Blake has yet to appear in this comic. So and this is this time for each panel, they have the countdown of the seconds of how much time is left before he becomes Don Blake. I thought that was cool, actually. Yeah, that helped because there was another issue where they kind of played that and it didn't, you didn't have that sense of urgency. Yeah. So then Zarkos has again scurried off with the bomb and he's trying to leave in his plane and Thor brings up a giant storm and i guess the storm kind of like flings his ship around and the bomb falls out and thor catches it as zarkon crashes he um he survives the crash but he has lost his memory and they don't think he'll ever get it back so then thor heads back to the present and returns the bomb and then later as don blake Jane Foster's like, hey, did you hear the news of what Thor does? And Don's like, eh, I don't, um, I don't follow the news. It angries up the blood. No, he says it's all nerve wracking. Well, I was making a Simpsons joke. Uh. 
And then she's like, if only I could work for Thor. And then he's like, some people read about the news and some people make it. So I didn't love this. I know they've been going this way with Jane, but at the very first issue, she was in love with Dr. Blake. And now we're in the fourth issue? Fourth or fifth? Uh, The third issue with her. And now it's like, eh, I want Thor. I mean, she's seen a lot more Thor, though. Did you know she's a brunette in this? Like, she's she's she was a blonde and now she had brown hair and then in that first cover she had black hair yeah her name changes her hair changes not super consistent yet i will say i did not i wasn't in love with the cover for this one i thought the cover was kind of weak but i thought the story inside was pretty solid i thought zarko was kind of eh as a villain i felt like he was more about it was less about having that strong villain and more about the time travel and that whole concept. Yeah, he does stick around, though. I looked up how... Because I usually, when I see first appearances, especially for villains in this era, I look to see how many total appearances they had. And he has 63 appearances in the mainstream Marvel universe. So I think that means he's strictly like a C-level villain. So maybe he gets a little bit more sinister, though. Because when Brad used the word scurry, like that's what it looks like in the comic is this guy just scurries around. I know he's I know he pops up a couple times before issue 100 because I've, I've read to the early hundreds before on Thor. So I know he shows up, I think, two more times before issue 100. Yeah, overall, I thought I would say out of the four issues we've read, I like this second behind his first appearance. This is the most solid. It, you know, it had a coherent story. There wasn't a bunch of goofy stuff going on, like the Loki one. It really feels like they're getting the hang of it. They brought in Odin to really cement that Norse mythology thing. But that did make it less fun. It was less of a fun romp. I guess I don't know why they did Thor and he's like traveling to the future in like a sci-fi type thing. That was kind of confusing to me. I mean, they're definitely still playing with the concept. Yeah, definitely. I thought this issue, though, where I thought this issue worked is they just took Don Blake out of the equation entirely. You didn't have any of that weird him having to turn into Thor. They didn't play around with, oh, if I lose the hammer, like in the identity stuff. You did point out escalation, though, that now... No one knew who he was in the second appearance. In the third appearance, everyone seemed to know who he was. And now the military is experimenting on him. Yeah, not only do they know who he is, but he's working actively with the American government, which seems like a big leap. I also thought you brought up last episode that he it seems like they want him to be an analog to Superman. And I thought this story really hit that home because if you palette swap Thor for Superman and Zarko for some form of Lex Luthor, it would work exactly the same as a Superman story. There's exactly this Superman story somewhere that... The robots would just have kryptonite instead of taking his hammer. Right. Oh, that's true. Thor's kryptonite is someone taking his hammer. Yeah, so this is the fourth episode, and I think we're going to go past... Six episodes. What have you thought so far? I mean, you've been enjoying this, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even this one that was less goofy and had less for me to make fun of. uh, They're enjoyable. They're a very enjoyable read. And it's really interesting for me 
to watch the evolution of the story that they're trying to create and how much more time they're putting into it as it develops. And I mean, just all those things, knowing it's at the foundation of something that's gone on until today. Um, it's really interesting. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And we're going to branch off a little here and there. Like I know we're going to do Avengers one because that involves Thor, but I thought when Tales of Suspense number 39 rolls around, we might do Iron Man's first appearance just for fun. Works for me. But yeah, that is that is um, that is the fourth episode of this. And I think this is going to come in a little over 15 minutes. Uh, so I think that's going to be the short end for us. Like, like I said, this was a solid issue, but there's nothing really to fixate on or just outright have fun with, like Loki and his magic carpet of pigeons. I'm afraid we'll never reach that peak again. It makes me sad. I mean, there could be. We will be watching for more tree death, though. Yeah, that's six tree deaths. Actually, I was just reading um, the original Captain Marvel. I've been reading his series, and I think in his first appearance, he tore up a tree. And I was like, God, what is what is their hard on against trees? I really don't like I think they're trying to show strength or something or like a tree is immovable. So that's what the superheroes always go yeah, for. I don't know. Not, and it's it's an easy way know. to tear something up without it being a living thing. A tree is a living being, Brad. Well, I mean, in the general sense of violence and the comic code authority but yeah i've had a lot of fun with this like i like i like the length of our episode so far and it's been fun to kind of see it develop and i'm hoping as we progress we're going to see more of asgard and um them kind of work some of the kinks out which i feel like this this issue they really they really seem to have figured some of it out well, you said you've read through 100 before, so are we going to see more of Asgard? Yeah, they start doing, I think around 97, which would be about 10 issues from now, they start doing a Tales from Asgard for about a year, which really gives you, like, some side stuff. And, like, the, I don't remember what they're called, the three, you know, like... His henchmen? Yeah, they get, like, a little side story. They do one about, like, Surtur and, like, those those ones I that's when they really like flesh it out and really with Marvel um, when you read the 60s stuff 1964 is really where they start hitting their stride on a lot of this stuff so we're in 62 and I do the Marvel spotlight so you can kind of get an idea and Fantastic Four is like for a long time Fantastic Four is going to be the issue number of Fantastic Four shows you how far Marvel has gone, and it's at issue eight. That shows you how new it is. Like, if you looked at what was out for superhero books for this month, it was this, The Hulk, Strange Tales, and Fantastic Four. Oh, and Tales to Astonish with Ant-Man. That's their superhero line right now. And but, this is still Journey into Mystery. Right. But you did notice that they said starring the mighty Thor. Yeah. It becomes Thor around, I think, 125 is when Thor takes over. But I think that is it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with Thor, I mean, Journey into Mystery number 87. And I think that's another Red Menace comic. I looked at the cover. This is, it says Reds, Prisoner of the Reds. Yeah, so we're going to get another Red Scare um, issue. 
It could be good because honestly, I think the executioner from 84 has been the most evil uh, mustache twirling villain we've had so far. Definitely. It's almost, well, I guess Loki was, I'm not counting Loki as a villain for some reason in my head. I was like, he's the first true villain. But no, we had Loki. Um, oh, I forgot Loki running through the subway, pushing random people. Pushing random to... people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that issue really I'm is going to be hard you, to talk. I'm telling you, we might have peaked. It, yeah. <laughs> podcast might be over. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have a way for you all to contact us yet. No. And I know you're listening to us on the wrestling um, Four Corners podcast feed. But if you have any feedback, I'm sure we can come up with something. Yeah, we might we might put this off in its own feed or not. We haven't decided yet. Um, we have a lot going on in our lives right now, so we might kick that can for a couple of months. And we then, can at least get a email account or something yeah. going, though, if there's something you want to hear or feedback you have for us. This is not our first rodeo, so um, we are open to feedback. Yep. But I think that is it for this time. Next time I will try, I'll, I'll, I'll get us an email and some stuff set up in the next couple weeks and we'll let you know and you can start contacting us. But until then, see you next time.